Welcome to the Body Electric Podcast, Episode 6 for July 23rd, 2015. My name is Nathan Hiltz, and my guest today is the great guitarist Brooke Blackburn. He holds a few residencies around town, is a very busy sideman and session player, and recently had a commission to compose new works for a theater show called The Postman, which debuted last week at the Pan Am Games. Like so many great artists, Brooke is difficult to define. He has influences from jazz, blues, funk, and R&B, but at the end of the day, his playing is a pure expression of himself. Don't forget to stop by my website at www.nathanhiltz.com or say hi on Twitter. My handle is at NateHiltz, that's N-A-T-E-H-I-L-T-Z. I hope you enjoy the podcast, and thanks for listening. Hey, Brooke. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> good, Nathan. Good, good, good. to good. see you, man. Good to see you, man. Thanks yeah. for inviting me to your humble abode, brother. Thank you for coming to my house. Yeah, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I can't believe that, you know, I've seen you out and about all the yeah. time, like yeah. at gigs and different places, and uh-huh. uh, but we've never actually just hung out. No, we you haven't. Know? It's always yeah. like, I'm going to my gig, and you're going to your yeah, gig, or whatever. Yeah, or see you at a gig, and I'm in the next room, or something yeah. like that. Like one at the Ritz that one time. Yeah, well, thank you yeah. for taking the time to do this. Thanks for inviting yeah. me, man. Yeah. Um, how's the summer been? Busy. Busy, busy. From doing my studies that I do, you know, which we both do, mm-hmm. and, and on King Street, uh, I'm doing, uh, doing a lot of that. Just did a play, wrote some music for a play called The Postman Walks, about the first black postman in Toronto. Did that. I did a just a play just before that uh, called the Nina Project, Nina Simone music. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, with uh, Jackie Richardson, Shakur Saida, Kelly Lee Evans, Coco, Coco Cognac Brown. It was down at... Uh, Soul Pepper. You was, need four yeah. women to make one Nina. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's so. She has comes in so many different styles, you know. Yeah, she's and uh, yeah, with a great rhythm section too. So it was it was good. Wow. Michael Shan, Roger Williams, uh, Tony Rabelow, and wow. uh, uh, Colleen Colleen Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's oh, good. amazing, man. Yeah, man. It's good to be busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really busy. I'm always busy, man. Mm. Always, just because of going from quintet down to a single you can keep yourself working oh yeah if you're not doing that then it's difficult mm-hmm. you know because you're you got to be with a band and a band is expensive so mm. that's what and, I, and i first met you um at joe mama's yeah. uh you know i've been almost eight years at that club and are you, you serious how long have you been nine years nine years yeah and when i was younger guitar player in toronto like you mm. let me sit in with your band Oh, yeah. at, at there, yeah. you know, I was yeah, yeah. hanging out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before I had a gig there. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, you let me sit in, and Mike, Mike Hawker, who was doing Tuesday oh, yeah. nights at that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, he let me sit in too, and then like that was amazing. It gave yeah. me some support. Like I got to get up with you guys, like older oh, musicians, oh, and course. get to know stuff. And That's then the that to totally it. led to me getting my gig, which has been such a great gig. For, yeah, you yeah. Know, to have a Sunday night. I got to play all those years. So thanks for that. You know. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Especially somebody as talented as you, man. It's just, oh. yeah, that's easy. That's easy. Yeah. Just please come up and play. But, uh, yeah, no, no, no. My old man had been in Toronto since 1955 playing, and he always said, you know, if anybody you know is in the, in the house and wants to come and sit in, let them sit in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As long as, you know, number one, you're, they're not drunk. Or, you know, <laughs> or they bring their own instrument. You know what I mean? I got no problem with it. Or oh, even, Brooke, I you can know. tell you something, man. I was a little drunk. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're cool, man. Oh, man. Yeah, well, you know, that's actually one of the first things I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, uh, you come from such a musical family. Yeah. yeah. So um, I was interested in, like, you, when you first started playing music, what, what uh-huh. that was like and what, you know, what your family life was like uh, well, in terms I of was, music. 
I started playing music when I was about 13. So it was like playing, um, I started playing, just learning the guitar. I got really into Benson. I really listened to Benson a lot. And that kind of inspired me to play guitar. But when we were kids, we all had instruments that were given to us when we were like, I was probably about six and my brother, brother was about eight. He had a set of drums, I had a guitar, and my younger brother, Dwayne, I don't even know if he had, I think it was just drums and guitar at that time, but Dwayne ended up playing keyboards and organ, but, uh, and then Corey played drums. But my older brother, you know, he played a little bit and we all through the ages played it, but I never touched the guitar at all for about maybe five or six, probably, no, probably yeah, about maybe eight years. And then uh, I just started playing and then I just messed around and I really, I love the jazz blues concept of, mm -hmm. of, of the guitar. So uh, I went to this little music store and, and you know, said, man, can you show me some stuff? And he said, yeah, I'll show you what stuff, but he didn't understand the jazz blues concept, you know, this one cat. And I was like, okay, well, that's cool what you're teaching me, but I want to take it to another. Then I started playing with my dad and he was into the jazz blues concept more. He was a rock and roller that went into the jazz as, as we all did when it went from rock and roll clubs to lounges. And then he started, you know, to feed the family, you know, and then my mom always worked. So I was always into that, and uh, and then I got into playing guitar, and I played in a reggae band when I was 15. Yeah, and then the first, first gig I had was at the Horseshoe Tavern. And uh, I just played there like last week for the Jazz Festival. A band couldn't couldn't get in from the States. Oh, no three way. DUIs. Yeah, no way. Yeah, couldn't get in, yeah, yeah. So uh, wow. so they said, uh, yeah, well, bring your, uh, bring your thing in. So I said, okay. So uh, we brought the band in, and we played there. And I haven't played there in 37 years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you you know that you know it's interesting you mentioned the jazz blues concept because that's what's really striking to me about your playing. Mm -hmm. Like I, I feel like whenever I have to play a pure blues gig, I feel mm -hmm. outside of my, my spectrum. You know, yeah. outside of my game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, but you really straddle between the two, between like the skills of a jazz guitarist and a blues guitarist. Yeah, I, I straddle because it's all I know. You know what I mean? It's like I never really went down the blues thing either. Mm -hmm. You know, completely straight blues like the Hendrix and, and, you know, those cats, the Muddy Waters and stuff like that. I never really got into slide. I love blues guitarists and what they can do and the talent that they have. But just from doing a variation of gigs throughout the years and learning jazz standards and learning different concepts of, of what I do, I think it's just, I'm just going to play the way I play. And mm -hmm. it's always going to be in that jazz blues concept. That's mm -hmm. just what it is. You know what I mean? I, I like playing octaves. I like playing... Um, some fifths I like messing around with double stops and but uh, you know I, I love listening to Wes Montgomery and George Benson and Grant Green and these cats you know and uh, you know I just love to listen to that kind of thing so if if I have to play it's, that's what it'll, it would be yet I do a blues gig I'm in the blues world you know doing the blues scene but our, our blues is more like soul blues so you know back in the day with all the guitarists that ever played in soul bands and R&B bands a lot of them were jazz cats Earth, Wind, and Fire, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? I remember listening to uh, uh, Lenny Kravitz and his, his trumpet player and uh, sax player were, were, were warming up for the gig and they're warming up to ornithology. Wow. You know what I mean? And they're just warming up together. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, that's cool. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah, we, we are allowed to swear. Okay. Yeah, we are <laughs> okay. absolutely allowed to swear. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so it's, um, so, you know, and it's just, and it's all blues listen to Charlie Parker. I don't, I haven't learned my Charlie Parker as much as I should. And so I don't even, 
go down that road, but I listen to Charlie Parker, Miles, and Thelonious Monk, and cast like that, and I love I love what they do. So, mm. you know, okay. but I love the blues jazz. To me, they're blues jazz players. I mean, Charlie Parker, of course, is a great jazz player. Miles is, you know, takes it out on the, the, the you know, on the other side for a while, mm-hmm. but I can hear the blues in all they're playing, especially Charlie Parker. Right. You know what I mean? Oh he, yeah. He's my favorite. Totally. He really is, just because he keeps it inside. You know, you can do all you can do, but if you can keep it inside at the same time, it's just amazing. It's amazing for me. Cool. Yeah. Well, why don't we, let's play something. Let's do it, Let's man. just play something. Right. So what are we going to play first? Um, blue Jeans Blues. It's a little blues in G. Okay. And just so everyone sorry. knows. Sorry, man. Yeah, it's all right. It's uh, all right. Everyone knows. Brooke's going to take the first solo. Am I? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, just so they, you know, know right. who it is. If it's the first time listening. You okay. Know. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's do it. And it's a, uh, it's a, it's original song. So.
right. <laughs> Feels great. That's a shorter version, but yeah, that'll do. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Uh, how, See how, how do you like that? It's nice what we're doing because I'm playing the bass line and you're playing these beautiful lines and chords over. It's nice. Yeah, it's you're nice, all man. over the solo thing, eh? Like. That's something you've been doing for a while now, eh? Yeah, what's that? Solo guitar player? Yeah, 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 I've been doing it. And you know what's funny? I, I never wanted to be a solo guitar player. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know if you remember a guy named Washington Savage. I piano do. player. I do, well, Washington, yes. me and Washington were good, very, very, very close friends. And he said, Brooke, man, you gotta do a single, man. I was like, man, I don't wanna do a single, man. It's like, you know, I gotta cover all these parts. And he says, just try it, just try to do a single, just try it. And he says, I said, okay. So then uh, I, I started doing it, and then I realized that because my dad's an organ player, I got to hear that bass line. I got to hear that. And it's like, okay, you know, because as long as I got that, then I'm then I'm okay, you know. And then so when I'm doing whatever I'm doing, you know, always hearing that bass line, like Misty. Gotta hear that walking. Right. And I'm just really using a lot of semitones and stuff to get walking, you know. But I just find that I need to hear that bass, and I hear near the chords, and I need to hear a little bit of, of kind of soling around it. So mm -hmm. doing the single stuff and playing with my fingers, it's like okay, well that gives me. Yeah, like you usually use a pick when you play with a band, right? Yeah, usually. slowing you down yeah all. no it's not slowing me down it's it's which which I love about the, using the fingers because doing the octave stuff it just it's more it's natural thing but with doing a pick it's just like you know it's it gives me definitely more speed and agility but um, when I'm doing a solo no, I, I don't never use a pick just guitar fingers yep. voice that's it is it it's fucking elegant yeah 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 yeah, yeah that's 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 the way that's why I mean I've always tempted I've thought of maybe getting a, a a pedal, a looper pedal, but you know, nah, I, I, I can't yeah, go that way because I know what you mean, yeah. number one, if I got an acoustic gig, I'll just do acoustic and I have no electric. If I'm outside in the, in the wilderness and I want to play by myself, you know what I mean? I don't want to say, oh no, I, I need to get a battery because I need my loop pedal. Right. And you know, plays cats like Joe Pass, who I really love, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Amongst all these other great guitar players is that he did a single for a long time and he just fluid and beautiful and yeah he totally revolutionized that yeah yeah I think so too now uh, I wanted to get a little specific um, mm -hmm. one of the things I admire most about your playing is you're, mm -hmm. you've mastered the octave with the fourth mm -hmm. or the fifth in between mm -hmm. uh, from Benson and that's yeah. something that's actually eluded me for many years yeah. I, fi I find it very difficult to do and I think a lot of young guitarists uh, mm -hmm. would be the same way so do you have mm -hmm. any hints or suggestions on, on um, that sound when you, if you, you're, play, you're gonna play your octaves you know, and add the fifth. It's to me. It's like it's it's as long as you know your octave shapes. For me, it's like just comes natural. But you just like you you're just able to move with it so freely. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm stuck in rhythmically. I what get I, trapped. Yeah. You know? What I, what I love about it is that it's uh it, it works because the fourth and fifth are perfect, right? So it works. It works on minor or major. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean for me. And, and it's like okay, okay, I can, I can, I can do that. And 
And it, to me, I just, I just lo love that sound from the Benson. Like the breezing thing. So that, you know, to me, that just adds that flavor. kind of sing sometimes I so really it just makes especially when I'm doing a single it to me it adds makes a chord out of it mm -hmm. you know what I mean so if I'm doing like a uh, 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 shit uh, I'll add the thing you know what I mean? like in Black Corbis right It's just, it just comes natural, so that's, and I do it, I, I do it, you know, off, off of the, uh, the fourth string too sometimes, and usually it's just the third string and things, but right. off the fourth, then, then when you're going into blues, like, you know, like that blues thing, right? Yeah, yeah. In major. So that to me, I really like, if I'm in, let's say, flat. I'm in B flat, I like to do like I'll do a lot of this stuff too. Right, right. Kind of makes it into that into that blues thing. But really, you know, I just to me it just just adds adds the flavor to it. I just right. I love doing it. It has such an impact too, especially yeah. when you wail into that. It like, yeah, you know, and then when nice. you're doing like a you're doing like the the, the um the Hendrix thing is even part of that in a way but it's a little different but you know to me I just love that sound I love that sound and I'll just play it forever mm -hmm. you know just because that's great that's what it is and sometimes it's people don't you know like I, I used to do a blues album and when I do blues album you know, there's a lot of blues people that are really 100% blues mm -hmm. so you got to do your slide yeah you know what I mean gotta keep in that slide move but if I'm Right. You know, they're like, oh, wow, what's that? You know what I mean? Right, right. Because I want to. I do yeah. Because I want to. You know? It's great. So tell me about your, your album. I've really been yeah. enjoying listening to it. It's, well, thanks. Uh, it's um, this album. I really like this album because I, lo I started playing acoustic. I'm, I'm not the, that guitar player who started playing acoustic by the campfire when he was young. Really? I'm a guitar player. My first song I ever learned was, there was two songs. It was Affirmation by George Benson, the side B. Of the of the forty five, that reason was one side and affirmation was on the other. At thirteen years old. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, thirteen, fifteen. I was about thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, wow. and that's what I wanted to learn because my father was playing with all these these wicked guitar players, man. Mm -hmm. And funniest thing is the guy who showed showed me how to play affirmation, who taught me how to play in that jazz style. I met him about thirty seven years ago. I met him just like three four months ago again in Calgary. No I was way. out there doing a duo gig. Yeah. And it's like, man, and he's sitting in, he's sitting in, we're, we're just doing sound check, and he's, he's sitting there, he says, man, I like those changes you're playing, man. I said, oh, yeah. I said, man, you look familiar. And he says, yeah, he says, I, my name's Gary. And I said, he said, I used to play with your old man. I said, oh, yeah. Wow. You know, because a lot of people say that to me. My mom has been right. around since 55, so they all say that shit, say that to me all the time. And then I said, 
I said, Gary? I said, not Gary, Gary. He said, yeah, it's me, man. And it's like, that guy showed me when I was 13 how to play guitar. Wow. You know what I mean? That's it's so like, cool. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay. And then, yeah, we hooked up and he came to the show and came to a few shows. I went back there. I've been to Calgary three times now in the last two months. So. Right, right. Lots of gigs. He came out to the shows. It's really nice. So, yeah, it's just um, the album to me, you know, is it's called Songs because it's my original song. The songs I've written. The songs, really, the only reason I did this album, to be honest with you, is because I wanted my songs recorded. Mm -hmm. I wanted my songs recorded. And I, so I started doing this play, so I did a couple songs at the play, and I wanted to record them. So I wrote them and myself um, and with, with some friends that helped me out. And I co-wrote one, wrote the other one for the play. And um, I'm, uh, I wrote every other song on the record completely, except for the last one that my father wrote. Mm -hmm. You know, so I uh, know actually one other song was co-written also, so yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's re really really good stuff, really good stuff. I like it because it's my record. It's a real personalized record. Mm -hmm. It's Bentley. It's a Bentley Collective is the name of the band because I don't like my name, you know, being on things. It's just whatever. My I play with my brothers in a band called Blackbird. And that's enough. Mm -hmm. You know what I yeah. mean? And so I, I'm not really that way with ego. I just want it is a collective because it's my friends help me write it. Right. My friends played on it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. And mm -hmm. you know, but it's you though. It's it's it's, it's all the music that I've written. You know? It's me. It's me singing. Yeah. yeah, on a few songs. So yeah. Yeah. Like you know, I, I'm going through the same thing. Like I love my collaborative projects with, mm -hmm. with my friends, but mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you got to do your own thing. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think you're supposed to. Yeah. I really do, yeah. especially if it's original music. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you should do original music because it's it's there, man. It's it's meant to be done that way. You know, mm -hmm. I think that that's why we're musicians, because we're meant to create, mm -hmm. you know, not just mimic. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. That's what I think. And so do you, do you write every day, or are you... I don't write these, every like, day. I write like, when I... I don't you have to. I write when I have to, really. Right. I should write... I mean, unless something comes to me, unless I'm messing around on the guitar, you know, like, you know, and, and ideas come to me. Like, you never know, you never know what's going to be. You never know what's going to come. I'll just get an idea and then I'll go So I wrote that from this. There's a song called New Orleans, which is on the Blackbird albums. I want to walk in New Orleans. Just I was messing around. So you actually, you actually like um, yeah. learn line, like get lines off your from your guitar playing yeah. into your voice. Yeah. Does yeah. it go the other way too? Does your voice? No, sometimes. Your, right? You know what? Sometimes if I'm if I'm if I'm little, if I'm in the studio, and there's a song that's playing and I need to do a solo on it, and I'm getting troubled. I'm troubled by what I'm doing. I'll stop my guitar playing and I'll just listen to the song do it vocally think of ideas vocally put them on my phone or whatever mm -hmm. and then and learn them mm -hmm. you know and then I'll, I'll transfer them to the guitar that's usually what i do if i hear something that i'm not exactly sure what the where the key center is mm -hmm. i'll just okay let me just think of something that i would sing on top of this so that i'd figure it out in my head and that's that's what i do that's what i do mm, and that's then, an interesting exchange you know yeah like, i th reminds me of someone like chet baker whose mm. language on the trumpet was so similar to the language like that he was singing like, right it seems like 
the same melodies came out of both instruments. Yeah, I, I agree, 100%. I mean, yeah. he played very much, and he stuck to it, too, you know. Mm. He could have, you know, went the more bebop world, you know, mm -hmm. but he uh, he stuck to uh, his guns, and I guess that's what it, that's the point, it was that, that it was his first. I saw that movie, yeah. Oh, yeah? Which yeah, one? Yeah. The uh, Chet Baker movie. Oh, the, um, I the documentary? Yeah, lo Love's, what was it called? Um, Let's Get Lost. Let's Get Lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's not movie. a documentary, no, it's a movie. Oh, is it a movie? Yeah, it's a movie. Yeah. Like with an actor? Yeah, playing, yeah, yeah, playing yeah. Jack? Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's okay. with, um... Uh, what's Val Kilmer? Nope. No. No. What am I thinking of? No, it's, um... He would not make... Val Kilmer would not No, make it's another guy. The guy used, used to, uh... Oh, man. What's his name? You ever see Galactica? Or Gattaca? Gattaca? Oh, Gattaca? Oh, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Ethan right. Hawke, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. See now you show your age if you say you, you know uh, that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, what do you think? Let's let's play another one. Okay. Let's do it. What do you want to do? Uh, you want to do this? The Hey Mr. Man. So yeah. Let's remember do that. the words. Let's okay. do that. Let me see if I get my glasses here. Where's my glasses? Oh, you want a music stand? No, no. You no, sure? Not. Yeah. It's right yeah, there. Yeah. That's okay. I'll remember the words. I think. It's very similar, but it, you know to the previous one we just played, but it's a little different. So. So just go around.
Jackson. He he was a postman from uh, 18 1860 to around 1890, okay. and the first black postman. And he went for the job, and they said, no, no. You, you he filled out a, a, an application or a test. He had to do a test. He got he got the job, no problem. Went in there, and they said, no, you can sweep floors, but you can't deliver the mail because mail was a big time gig back in the days, you know, in the 1800s. And uh, he said, uh, no, no, I got hired. His brother was a barber. Brother knew a lot of politicians. And uh, basically got the word out. Sir Johnny McDonald was retired at that time. Went to his side and said, no, you have to give this guy his job. And, and uh, they ended up giving his job. And he worked for 30 years, never took a day off. Wow. And uh, he, uh, he ended up buying a bunch of houses on Brunswick so in Toronto. And so now they're, they're going to do a play. And I wrote this song in a song called The Postman's Opus. And they're going to do a play uh, for him through the Pan Am Games. So it's oh, Pan Am sponsored. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's why it's so hey, Mr. Man. You know. How do you like working in theater? This is about the twice. This is the second time okay. I've ever done it. All right. All right. <laughs> so, okay. in between that and uh, and uh, the the Nina project, it's cool. I you know what I, I I like being doing my thing in the front and you know and being with Blackburn and being in the front. You know, I like singing and stuff. My younger brother doing does more of the singing and my younger brother Corey drums. Andrew Stewart. And uh, whoever played Neil Brathwaite, and and uh, you know, so that's the band. But I kind of like also sitting back and just just playing, man. you know, just strumming. That's beautiful, you know. I love playing rhythm too. You know, that's what's what that's what we need 
out there these days. I even hear from other musicians that rhythm guitar is is getting lost. And everybody wants to be yeah. a soloist. Yeah, yeah, everybody wants to be a soloist. I don't. I I like to be. I like to solo when I can do it. But uh, really, I think that if you can, you you gotta learn. You gotta learn how to play funk. You gotta, you gotta learn how to play rhythm. That sounds so cool with the fingers too. Like, To me, that's it's like a drummer keeping the groove. You know what I mean? And the rhythm, the guitar player is supposed to do that too. Mm -hmm. These days, you don't have as many many guitar players that do that. They they mainly just solo, and that's beautiful. But that's why I knew that you and I would play well together. <laughs> you know, because we have that rhythm concept. Oh yeah. You know what sure. I mean? And rhythm concept to me, if you start there and then you work on your soloing, that's that's beautiful. Learn all your stuff, and that's beautiful. But keep the rhythm because. When you're playing with other people, you know, and they're doing their thing, somebody's got to keep the groove. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think everyone's responsible, really. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think so. And now, is that something that was came naturally to you? Or yeah. Is that something you had to? Because work I was on? raised with a piano player, because my father's a piano player. So mm -hmm. yes, it was came natural. It did come natural because he's always doing a single or doing a duo or whatever. So his his he was the main harmonic instrument. Mm. So I learned how to play with him, and I learned. Other than doing like, if I'm in like a funky thing, like a, like the like James Brown, like a, more like a. I more do like, I don't have a pick, but more, more picky style. I think that it, it holding the chord, to me, is more important. That's that's it. I I, mean, I can do that little picking style stuff sometimes, but it's just more like to me. To me, I like just like hearing changes. You know? Right, right. I mean, you're a you're a harmonic instrument for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, for sure. For, in my mind, anyway. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on uh, mm -hmm. on the business of okay. playing of playing guitar, being a guitarist. Because you, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a sideman too. You do a lot mm -hmm. of sideman yeah. stuff. You yes, do I some do. leader stuff too. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just was wondering if what you would uh, have to like, what advice you would give to maybe younger musicians about uh, what it is to be a sideman. I think younger musicians, if, if they're coming out of out of into the world, um, first of all, learn songs. Learn songs, especially if you're doing the the R&B thing in in the city, which I grew up playing. So learn your, your 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 Michael, learn your Stevie, learn your 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 Marvin, you know, learn 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 the music that that is out there. And if you get that basis of that 60s, 70s music R&B, then you can you can stretch out in everything. You know what I mean? But I think that kind of music is if the more of those older songs you learn and learn them like as if you're going to do them as a single, you know, just don't just learn them as as your guitar part. 
because a lot of those had two guitar players. Back then, I was just talking to, and we were on our way to Quebec. We just did a gig in Quebec, and the drummer was saying, he says, man, you know, I, don't, I remember, and he's older, he's 60, so it was like, he, he says, oh, I ever remember is going to a gig, and there's always two guitar players, one rhythm, one lead. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, I never, I played in one band at one point, uh, 20th Century Rebels when I was a kid, with, with a guitar player that played rhythm and, and I played lead, but I didn't really know what I was doing. So like 15, I didn't really know, you know anything about lead and everything, but I learned the rhythm part of it. So I just think, if you're going to be a guitar player out there in the business, learn the tunes, learn so you can, you can learn the sounds of those eras just so that you can keep that era coming on to the new stuff, you know, like mm. if you can bring that back because that'll be the basis of all, of all this music. It'll be the basis of, even if you're doing a rock gig or a pop gig, learn it, learn it on acoustic, learn it on electric and, uh, you know what I mean? And learn it different ways. But I think, you know, and, and you know, that, that to me, and if I was going to teach somebody, you know, to do a single, it's also to, uh, I don't know, I like playing the bass line, that's it, you know, so if I was going to say, you know, even like Summertime, throw the 2-5 in there, gives you room, movement for, right, for like you know, yeah, substituting yeah, 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 just, I'm putting substituting chords changes just so that I can add a bass line in there, right, but it's interesting you would say, like, to be able to learn to execute a piece as a solo, even if it, even if you are gonna just be playing the one part, yeah. But to really know what the whole thing that's going on and what should be happening, yeah. And that gives you mastery over the piece. Really. To me, I think it does. I think it does. Yeah. You don't just learn your part. Learn the tune. Learn the tune as like a piano player. I think a guitar player, you know, it should do be as important as a as a piano player on a gig, because they they might the the piano player not might not make the gig. So for whatever reason, gets a flat tire or she gets a flat tire, whatever, mm -hmm. you know. So you're on the gig and it's like, oh no, my little part is, my, my little part is whatever, you know. It's just no, I just play. It's like no, man, you gotta, you gotta play the chords now. Yeah. You know, you gotta play it too bad, man. No, no, no. It's like you, you're the only harmonic instrument here right now. Right. You know what I mean? You have to do it. So it's like, and then okay. you can be flexible, right? Yeah, and then yeah, yeah and then Not you can you can do the gig as a piano player. And let's talk about the business. Okay, so you do a four piece, and you're making a Gino. I said, okay, I'm making a thousand bucks. So everybody makes two hundred and fifty. Well, what if you want? What if you need more money to pay your rent? So I'm gonna do it as a trio. So it still pays a thousand dollars. So now I'm gonna I'm gonna keep his end or whatever, and then you know what I mean, or I'm gonna make another couple hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important and. Guitar is a beautiful instrument. It is such a beautiful instrument. And if you can play those chords, you can you can play the, the beauty of the instrument. To me, it just it just adds so much so much beauty in learn your learn your changes. You know, learn learn. It's just beautiful. It's such a beautiful instrument. Mm -hmm. So it's again, a weird instrument too, isn't it? Like it's yeah. you know on piano everything looks one way. Yeah, you know well, there's it. one place to play everything. But yeah. guitar is kind of an enigma in a way. It's like so so many places to play one note. Yeah, it know? is. It is, and it's and I remember I used to play very um, horizontally or vertically, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. No, and, and and I 
and I, I wasn't never played linear, you know, and it's like I just didn't understand what you know I could place over a G minor down here and then play G minor over here, but how do I get from here to here? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Then I realized. So like I can look at it and say I can get here now and here and now I can do some things you know some things I know down here and then I can do things I know up here and then you know wherever all the way up here you know it's just wherever and I think linear is is the way to if we can start linear learning how to play guitar linear like across the yeah, neck across the neck rather than just yeah, like across, in position yeah other in than position just in position like the boxes yeah. and I think that's it's, it's good that we know the boxes you know, like the, like the pentatonic, we know the boxes, but we got to learn how to play them in different spots. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's, play them linear. Just, I, I think, I, I, or just, you know, across the across the, the neck. I, I think that's important. Because that, that, for years, I only played in position. Right, right. You know what I mean? And it's like, and I see these guitar players going up and down the neck. And I say, oh, man, that looks so good. It's, it's, to me, it's like dessert. Right. You know what I mean? It's like listen, listen to you. Like when I'm is coming, listen to you on Sundays, man. Or when I first heard you, it's like, and then I hear you on the radio, and I said, this guy is, is just like having a great dessert, man. Oh. Listen to him is like having the creme brulee, you know, other than just the ice cream. You know, right, it's right. like this is this is what music, is, what guitar is all about. And oh, I love nice. your West influence too. Oh, you know you. what I mean? And I'm a big West fan. So, and you you do it right. You do it right, and you're educated. And I'm very much into education for mm -hmm. everybody other than me. But <laughs> I'm very into, I'm very much into it. All the young players that come out and are so educated, it's really, really. I'm very happy about that. Mm, you know cool. what I mean? Because you, you, you know, for the business aspect of it, now you can do anything. Right? Yeah. I mean, other it's than, important. that paper is important. Sure, it is. Yeah. It other is. than doing 30 years of experience, and then say, okay, now I can get hired at a, at a jazz school or whatever to, mm -hmm. to, to do what I do show people what I do but you know what I mean if you can come out of school and still have that 10-15 years of, of experience playing and go out there and uh, teach people especially you and people like Emil mm -hmm. you know what I mean it counts as a soul you guys are so to me um, your ideas are, are non-stop you know and you can show those ideas and mm. you can you can show people how to learn mm. and on top of having the paper I mean I grew up I grew up playing with a lot of cats who could just play you know what mm -hmm. I mean? They weren't readers. If right. they could read, then that's great. But they were mainly players, and and uh, I, uh, I I started seeing these young people come up, and they were they were versatile, and they could write. And I'd say, man, could you write this out for me? Can you do this? Because still to this day, I mean, I could read a little bit, but mm -hmm. I'm not very good in composition. So I would I would uh, say, you know, this this, and then I started seeing it, and I said, okay, well, this is this is what I want. This is what I want to see, and. If I did play with a cat that was a real theoretical cat, mm -hmm. then he probably couldn't play that way. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. then what's funny about it is that when I grew up, and then growing up and I was in my 30s, 40s, and then now in my 50s, I see these cats that are in, in uh, that are I've always looked up to and played with, and they're in their 60s and 70s. They went back to school when they were 50 to learn their composition and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Dougie Richardson, Kingsley Etchian. Mm -hmm. These guys go back to school you know, at that age because they know that they can play and mm -hmm. they can play so beautifully and stretch out and do whatever, but they want that other side because mm -hmm. it's a part of music. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? As, as is the business of music, which people... Another thing that I should say for, for people coming up in this business, learn the, the financial aspect of the business. Musicians have been poor for too long. 
and if you can if you can get a business degree or whatever learn how to learn how to make money out of the music business please mm -hmm. please somebody yeah. figure it out and then somebody tell figure me. it out yeah. exactly <laughs> tell me tell, tell me, me how to too do it. yeah because uh, there's and unfortunately it's kind of taking a dip right now man there's people playing for the tip jar mm -hmm. you know what i mean just in these clubs playing period just for the tip jar and that's not the way it's supposed to be man i know that's the way it was it is in new orleans and that's cool but if you want to make a living as musicians because we're going to lose these musicians that sooner or later realize I need to get a real job because I need to get benefits, I need to get this, I need to get that, and mm -hmm. I'm going to have a family, you know what I mean? And until, until you, you've got your name out there, which takes 10, 15 years, you can't make a living. Mm -hmm. You know, you could just make a one gig or two gigs a month. That's, yeah, that's you, can, you, you know, you got to kind of be single in a way. Like for, you do. To really, you do. You know, yeah. to do that. You have you know, to be and live single. Live cheap, cost low. Yeah. It was like, yeah. you know, personally, I was a property manager for 10 years, so I had oh, very really, cheap yeah? rent. Oh, uh, That's how I got, got you know, got myself Is going how you went through here school? in Toronto. Yeah, during all through like school, yeah, my yeah. master's and all that stuff. Wow, wow. I was property manager as well, so my, I was paying like 400 bucks a month oh, for rent. For you, so that allowed me to you know to do yeah. it you know yeah but uh good for you it's a tricky thing but you shouldn't have to you know somebody as talented as you shouldn't have to do that but it's good that we work because we build a, a work ethic and mm -hmm. that worth ethic work work ethic of, of going to nine to five doing your nine to five bring that over to the music business and learn how to make money and build a future not just musically but but financially mm. through the music business if we could do that if somebody could do that please figure it out yeah because i mean these these young people are like yourself are just too smart not to figure it out right. and forget these people who say this all i can pay because that's bullshit you can get the money if you if, if if the clubs can only pay so much and they can then that's fine so go to the next level record teach um use the internet you know what i mean yeah. get out there and, and sell your music on the internet and go out there and do certain things and if not not then do festivals because i know they have money mm -hmm. you know and they pay if you can, if and if you're having a problem with getting money out of festivals go to the casinos because guarantee they have money they and you can play money. your thing and don't ever let don't let anybody ever tell you that i can't play my original music if they say no no original music say well i'm getting the fuck out of here fuck you i'm gonna play what i want to play you know that's one thing that blackburn is stuck to forever and ever is we play what we want to play. We never play pop music because we never really learned pop music. We're never, we just weren't that type. We're, we're raised from music from the 50s and 60s and 70s. You know what I mean? If not before that, that's the music we were raised. So I used to play the Blue Note back in the day, way back in the day. And I'm talking about in the mid, late 70s, early 80s. I say in, in New 80s, York, Toronto. There's a Blue Note? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Blue Note was on Paris Avenue. First one was, was in the 50s, was on Young Street. Mm -hmm. And my father played there. And... Um, and then the second one was on Pears Avenue. There was two clubs. It was Blue Note and the Network Club right beside each other on Pears Avenue, which is like Davenport and Avenue Road. And we used to play them. We used to play uh, PWDs, Blue Note, Network, Downtown Browns, and Chicken Deli. It was like five clubs in Toronto. And there was another one called Ovi's back in the day uh, in, in the West End. But mainly those five clubs. So you could play those six nights a week. That's what it was before 1989. Before you would the have a week. You would get hired. You get hired for the week. Right. You played, so you were making okay money. You were making maybe six hundred bucks a piece or five hundred bucks a piece for a week. So it wasn't too bad, and it wasn't huge money. Isn't but, that better? Like I mean, I'm talking about in 1980. That's, that's 1980 dollars. That's 1980 dollars. Way different than 2015 dollars. Yeah, yeah, but it's the same. 
people are still making the same kind of money. Same That's numbers. the problem. Yeah. My old man was making that money in the, in the 70s, okay? And he'd come home with a new Cadillac sometimes, you know what I mean? And it's just, it never, it hasn't really changed so much. So, you know, I, I think that um, it, it, music business is, is thing. Yeah, so the Blue Note, we used to play the Blue Note, and we used to go in there and do an R&B thing from the 60s. And because that's what I was into, I wasn't writing too much original music at the time. I was, but I said, "This is the music that I want to play." And they said, "Well, you know, you got to do, you got to do the new Michael Jackson. You got to do the new DeBarge or whoever was big at that time." And I said, "No, man, I'm the other band. I do Sam and Dave. I do uh, Eddie Floyd. You know what I mean? I do Aretha Franklin. I do Chaka Khan. I do, you know, old older Chaka Khan, Chaka and Rufus. You know what I mean? We do." We do all that stuff. We do the the Ray Charles, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. that's the kind of music I grew up listening to. And that's what we used to do. And, and they used to say, well, then, you know what's funny? And then we did the gig, and then uh, the, the the owner came up, to, came up to another band and says, man, you guys, you know, you guys should listen to some old, old that old R&B. Because old R&B, no matter how old you were, and this is, this is in the 70s, so I was, or the 80s, I should say, so I was going into my late 20s, early, 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 uh, 30s so it's like well actually no mid 20s mid 20s so i was uh was saying everybody who came in who had any money were a little bit older that's why we have you know that i, I was a product of just the last little bit of the baby boom population mm -hmm. so the baby boom in the 60s baby boomers so 60s to 80 now they're 20 you know 20 30 years old they're the ones who have the money so they they they, they like the new music was happening but they all knew the old music so when we play we play from nine o'clock till 12 or, or nine o'clock till two pretty well uh, at one one o'clock i think the closing at that time so we kept the people in the seats man wow. that was the thing you know you keep them there from nine o'clock to one o'clock they're going to drink they're going to eat they're going to have a good time they're going to dance you know what i mean yep. they're gonna, so that's that's what it was at that time with the rhythm and blues and it's just like that's what it is so don't let anybody ever tell you that you can't play original music you can't play what you want to play if you want to play jazz you want to play R&B, you want to play rock, you want to play reggae, I don't give a shit what it is. If that's what you want to do, then you do it. And you can make a living at it because there's always a niche of clubs or mm. festivals or whatever. That's what was great about Canada festivals, although it's only, you know, four months of the year, mm. if that, mm -hmm. is that, is that uh, they accept everything. And mm -hmm. we, and being Canadian, that's that's what really what it is. That's what being Canadian is, mm -hmm. is being diverse. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You can't be Canadian and not diverse. It just doesn't work that way. Totally. You go to school with everybody. You listen to music. You go to somebody's house. Oh, I'm going to to my friend Joe's house, and you know, and I'm listening to music from wherever. You know, from 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 island music to Italian music to to Northern European music to mm -hmm. uh, you know native. Uh, throat singing you know sure. what i mean to whatever it is yeah you know what i mean to jazz to funk to r&b to whatever you know what i mean it's like i hear this so i'm gonna be to to now cuban music you know latin music yeah. is such big since the, what i say about the 80s or 90s yeah, in totally. canada so. yeah i feel like um playing the music that you truly love and like being dedicated to that and yeah. presenting that is really going to be putting your best self forward because mm -hmm. that's what you're going to be the best at like yeah you try to force yourself into some other thing because you think it's going to be popular yeah. or whatever yeah you it's people will know people yeah you will be can, able, it won't sound good you, you know? can make a living if you want to do you know and, and the more you learn the better i'm not saying that you should pigeonhole yourself into one music yeah. i'm saying that just do what you feel don't mm -hmm. let anybody tell you and if you write your original music i guarantee that all those influences are going to be in there mm -hmm. you know what i mean because we're not we, we are we're not boring 
You know, mm-hmm. Canadians aren't boring people, especially the music business. You know what I mean? We're we're eclectic people, and that's what that's why people everybody wants to come to Canada <laughs> because it's 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 a it's it's a it's a, a mix of so many different cultures and so many different styles and music and food and mm. good food, good and music. Healthcare. And healthcare. And healthcare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thomas. Or now, what's his name now? Tom Mulcair? No, 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 no. The guy invented uh, universal healthcare. Oh, uh, isn't he related to uh, Jack yeah, he's, Bauer? He's, he's, he's Keith for Sutherland? Or his Keith for Sutherland. Yeah, Tommy, yeah. Tommy, 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 Tommy Douglas. Tommy Douglas. That's Tommy Douglas. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Tommy Douglas. Let's exactly. dedicate this podcast to that guy. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's play one more tune and call it a call it a day. Okay. What do you want to do? I want to do some more over the rainbow. You want to do over the rainbow? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Uh, then we'll go into God Bless the Child. Okay. Okay. Are you gonna sing this one? Yeah. Okay. Why right, you want to sing it? No, no, I mean, I you didn't know sing. if you were going to play it instrumentally or whatever. Uh, we'll do both.
are What a week once faith Mama may have, my papa may have, but God bless a child, it's got his own. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Body Electric Podcast. Tune in next Thursday for the first non-guitar edition of the podcast with uh, the fantastic drummer Morgan Childs. Also, I've got some great gigs coming up. Um, I'm with Lily Frost at St. James Church in Gravenhurst this Saturday. I'll be back at the Rex Hotel on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. for the last night of my trio's July residency. And uh, Thursday, July 30th at the Great Hall with the Toronto Rhythm Initiative and their show Women of Hip Hop featuring Lola Buns and Lydia Persaud. Um, uh, Thanks a lot for listening and uh, don't forget to check out my website at www.nathanhiltz.com and thanks for listening. Bye.